looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. Haven't really done too many shows in the last several months as we've been extremely busy at Victory Capital Group uh, with the business, growing the business. I've been super busy on the brokerage side of the business, and it's just been a busy time of year as well towards the end of the year. You know, you've got holidays and things like that, but we're ready to uh, get back into it, get you guys some good episodes, some good information that you can really take away. And uh, this episode, I wanted to talk about debt and really what we're seeing in the market right now and some reports to talk about. So, you know, a a few things up front, I want to talk about uh, defaults and what we've been seeing in the market. So, you know, there's there's nearly a billion dollars in loans that are already in default at this time. Um, On Twitter, I was kind of tweeting about it with a few guys of what I was seeing. And uh, there was an investment firm out of San Francisco that's a very, very, very large multifamily landlord and they have defaulted on $448 million in a multifamily loan. So a $448 million multifamily loan they have defaulted on. And there is another group that is inching toward default on a excuse me, $481 million multifamily loan as well. So together, that's almost a billion dollars of uh, defaults on multifamily mortgages or loans that they have on these properties, which is uh, honestly insane. It's kind of mind-blowing. And so we're starting to see this happen a lot. It's, we're starting to see a trend now that the market is shifting. So one of the groups, you know, I'm not going to name the group. You can guys can go check them out online. I'm sure you Google it, you can find it out. Um, but they finance an, over an 8,600-unit portfolio across the Sun Belt, New York, Illinois, um, and Ohio with floating rate debt that is 500 basis points over LIBOR, which is mean, which means that their all-in interest rate on this debt is going to be over 10% potentially, depending on where they came in at. And that's on top of having a 24% uh, vacancy rate on their portfolio of 8,600 units or greater right now. So we're seeing two major things that are happening in this individual's portfolio, which is a very high interest rate because they have floating rate debt and a very high vacancy rate. Both those things together is that domino effect where they're just gonna fall apart. And that's one of the groups that is uh, uh, basically defaulting on this $481 million multifamily loan across that portfolio, which is crazy. So. What is fixed versus floating rate debt? So it's exactly what it sounds like. Fixed rate is I'm going to fix my debt rate, my interest rate on that loan for the life of that loan. So on all of our projects across our entire portfolio, all of our interest rates are fixed. That means they're not going to go up. They're not going to go down. They're never going to change. We know from day one when we sign those closing docs what our interest rate is going to be until the day we sell or refinance that property or pay off the mortgage, whatever that is. So that's something that I really like is you know, my partners and I can sleep very well at night knowing that all of our properties are fixed rate debt. We know the debt's never going to change, and uh, it's just certainty. 
And right now you're seeing floating rate debt. So a lot of people or a lot of operators, I should say, in the last two to three years took on floating rate debt that had, um, you know, a floor or a ceiling, a floor and a ceiling or like a floor and a cap. So essentially, let's say you signed up at floating rate debt at 4%, but then maybe it had a 6% cap. So that basically means your rate couldn't go higher than 6%. But when it adjusted, that is, and that could be every month, every six months, every 12 months, whatever it was agreed to in your, your you know loan documents. The problem with that rate cap is you have to pay for it. And it gets paid out of an escrow account uh, usually. So that means every month I'm making payments and maybe sometimes your taxes or insurance are escrowed. And that means each month you may make a payment, they get escrowed into an account, and that account gets released by the lender that the lender controls to pay those taxes or insurance. Well, in the case of these bridge loans or other type of loans that are uh, floating debt with a debt or a rate cap. Um, it's just like an escrow account. You pay into it each month, and then once that payment is needed for that rate cap, then the escrow, the lender releases the funds out of the escrow. Well, the problem right now that I'm reading and I'm seeing a lot of operators struggling with is the rate caps that they underwrote when they initially bought the property are literally 10 to 20 times greater than what they thought it was going to be. So if they thought a rate cap was going to be, let's say, 50000 a year, it is literally 500000 to a million dollars instead of 50000 And, you know, there's one operator that I read his update, and he just said it, it is essentially wiped out all of their cash flow. So instead of being able to distribute uh, cash flow to the investors, there's zero cash flow going on right now, and they're using all of that money, which was potentially the cash flow, to go into their rate cap escrow account. So literally, you know, operators that budgeted for 50000 uh, annually for a rate cap, it has now gone up to anywhere from 500 to a million, 500000 to a million uh, from that 50000 they originally underwrote. This completely kills any deal, and sometimes it could even turn negative on a monthly basis. So your income minus your expenses minus your debt and escrow will put you in the red each month. And that means the property's losing money each month, and that is a huge, huge risk. Um, this could also, you know, cause capital calls for the investors, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode. So we talked about fixed rate. We talked about floating rate, rate caps, so that way it caps out where your floating rate is adjusting to. Um, because if your floating interest rate doesn't have a cap and interest rates have gone up maybe three times as much as they were a year and a half ago, so where they're at, you know, 2.5%, now they're at 7.5%. A rate cap mitigates that risk, essentially. Uh, so you know, I talked about some operators that have uh, essentially cut off cash flow because they have to fund those escrow accounts, which is crazy. Um, with interest rates that are increasing, we're also seeing cap rates um, expanding uh, in this market. They're increasing. They're not going down. They're not compressing. Uh, they're expanding, essentially. And so what that means is people that are buying at 4.5 caps that underwrote to sell at maybe another four and a half cap or a five cap, maybe forced to sell at a six cap right now. And that ruins all value. So let me kind of go over an equation on what that looks like. So let's say, you know, we had a property and we took on some short term debt, some short term bridge debt with like a two year option. And the NOI on the property was 200,000. And they were asking a four and a half cap and a group purchased at a four and a half cap. So if it's 200,000 NOI divided by a 4.5% cap rate, 
that's a property value of 4.44 million or call it 4.5 million. So that's what they purchased the property for. Now let's say they put 70% loan to value or um, they put 30% down because they didn't want to be too high leverage because anything above 70% can be too high of leverage. So that means on that $4.5 million purchase price, they have a principal balance of $3.11 million. Okay, I hope you guys are following me so far. 200,000 NOI divided by a 4.5% cap rate they bought at, which is 4.5 million. And then with a 70% loan to value loan, their principal balance is 3.11 million dollars. So let's say, you know, this is a two-year loan, a two-year bridge loan. Um, let's just say it's a fixed rate. So floating doesn't even come into the factor here because we're not going to talk about cash flow. But let's say in a year and a half or, or two years, you know, this loan originated in 2021. Let's say they increase that NOI from 200,000 to 250,000. So, you know, that's a that's a, a pretty good increase in NOI. Uh, that's going to be a, a 25% increase in net operating income. Well, interest rates have expanded rapidly, very quickly, uh, faster than I think anyone really expected. So deals that were trading at four and a half caps, I can see them trading at six caps all day right now. So let's say that same four and a half cap deal with a 200,000 uh, net operating income, in two years or a year and a half, they increase the net operating income on an annual basis to 250,000. Well now, divide, divided by a six cap because interest rates have increased, now that same property that they bought for 4.5 million is now only worth 4.16 million. So they are now, their property is worth, even though they added 25% of value to this asset on a financial aspect, this asset is now worth less than they purchased it for a year and a half to two years ago. So that bridge loan is coming due at year two. If they don't have any option to extend or whatever that is, they are forced to either sell or refinance that asset. So if the value is $4.16 million and they have to sell, that's immediately almost a $40,000, uh, or excuse me, $400,000 loss on this asset if we go from $4.5 to $4.1 million. So it's a six cap. It's valued at $4.16 million. They have a principal balance that they have to pay off whether they uh, refinance or sell or whatever of $3.11 million. So again, let's take that $250,000 NOI divided by the 6% cap rate, which gives us that value of $4.16 million. And when they were going to refinance this asset, let's say they took out a 70% loan to value uh, because on refis, you're probably not going to get much more than 70% loan to value, especially because you have to hit a certain debt service coverage ratio, which is a totally different conversation we're not going to have here. But 70% of that $4.16 million is only $2.91 million. So their loan balance went from $3.11 million to now $2.91 million which means that difference of, you know, call it, uh, let's see here, 3.11 million minus 2.91 million uh, of 200,000, essentially, they have to come out of pocket with that. And if those operators don't have those funds available, they have to do a capital call to their investors. Because the whole point of, you know, buying with short-term debt, increasing the value, and then refinancing it is able to pull out all of your capital or more to put money in your pocket. Well, now because values have fallen, which values haven't really fallen, cap rates have increased, which is a direct correlation to the value of the property. 
as cap rates increase, property values decrease, or the value of the asset decreases, and vice versa the other way, is, is uh, as cap rates decrease, property values increase. So in this aspect, the cap rate has increased, the property value has decreased, even though they've added value to the property, their balance of $3.11 million has to get paid off by the refi or the sale, but in this case we're saying a refi, but they can only refinance and get a principal balance of $2.91 million balance. So that means there's a $200,000 delta on what they have left on their principal balance on the senior loan, the original loan, versus the new loan they're going to be taking on. So they have to get that $200,000 most likely from their LPs or passive investors in the form of a capital call. And you never want to do a capital call. That's one reason why we have very large reserves and very conservative underwriting, which we're seeing is becoming very accurate in this market, how we are seeing it right now. So, you know, let's play devil's advocate here. Let's say that 4.5% cap rate only increased to a 5.5% cap rate, okay? It didn't go all the way up to a 6% cap rate. So that puts their value at $4.5 million. They added, you know, let's say they have that $200,000 NOI at purchase, and they increase it 25% to that $250,000 uh, annual NOI, divided by a 55 cap, is a value of $4.54 million. So really, they've only added less than $100,000 of value into this asset. They've added more than that, but because the cap rate has increased and not compressed or stayed the same, that has taken value away. So now if they try to refinance on a 70% loan-to-value uh, of that new value of $4.54 million, that is a principal balance that the new lender is willing to put on the property of $3.18 million. So that means... 3.18 million is only 50,000 more than 3.11 million. So at the end of the day, after all your closing costs and all your third-party uh, inspections, appraisals, um, environmentals, you're probably left with nothing, and it's really just a wash. So where you were supposed to return investor capital back or you were you know, supposed to pull out all the money that you had or whatever the business plan was, it's now a wash. You've added all that value just to ch change out the loan on your product. And individuals were getting you know, bridge loan two years ago, what, 5%, 6%, which is, which is great. But right now you're going to get perm debt or permanent debt from agency at five and 6%, maybe even higher, six and a half. So the problem is, is they just traded out the same debt that potentially was a lower interest rate, even though it was short-term financing for a potential higher interest rate. So if that bridge loan was five or 6% two years ago, permanent debt is five, six or 7% right now. So they can actually be going backwards, which now this will negatively affect their cash flow. So this is a real world example of what we're seeing and, is, and what is an issue. And earlier this month, when I was making my rounds, speaking with all the brokers that we regularly work with in our target markets, you know, one of them, we, we chatted a little bit. He called me back a week later and he said, hey, Dante, I just want to let you know, uh, I've got this off market deal available. I'll be very straightforward with you. These guys are forced to sell this year. They put bridge debt on the property in 2021. They weren't able to fully execute the business plan like they hoped, and they cannot refinance it, and they uh, can't extend their debt because bridge debt has a, a hard deadline unless there's extensions built in there, which they're only a year or two usually. He said they're, they are forced to sell this year, and this price that they are selling at is a break-even price to them. They will not be making any money 
if they have to sell for less than this, they'll most likely lose money. And, you know, to confirm this, I always look on the tax records to see what they actually purchased the property for. And I believe they're only looking to sell the property. It was a 30-something unit property for, I think, only fifty dollars or $100,000 more than they purchased it for. And that's just going to be to cover the broker's commission to get out of this deal. So here you have this operator who in 2021 thought the market was going to go great, thought they could execute on the business plan. And they may be first-time operators and may not know better. And they thought they were going to have this great opportunity. So what did they do? They went to friends. They went to family. They went to investors. And they probably raised a few million dollars, you know, a million and 1.5 million potentially on a 30-something unit, depending on, you know, what their leverage looked like, their fees and whatnot. And I'm not going to say they promised, but they predicted and underwrote a certain return to these investors. And they're not able to achieve them. They have no choice but to sell this asset potentially early. I don't know what their hold period was, but I, I'm 100% positive they're not hitting their returns because of the sale price they, they have to sell at um, and they're forced to. So they have to go to these investors and when they go to give them their capital back, it's only going to be their capital back. It's not going to be any return on investment. And even if it does sell, it potentially may not sell at the pricing guidance the broker gave me. So then they may not be giving their investors back as much capital as they projected. Not promised. I never want to say promise because I don't know what these groups are doing. But they said, okay, you'll, you know, you put in fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, we'll double that in five years, let's say they said. Well, they're not going to do any of that. They're just going to give them exactly what they put in after two years. Or potentially you put in fifty or a hundred thousand, they may only get back forty or eighty thousand. So they'll be negative. They'll be in the red on that investment. And that's a real world example of something I've experienced. Today, I spoke with a new broker on the phone that operates in the market we operate in, and he brought us three deals, and he said, this is a group from out west. Um, they typically do fix and flips. They got into multifamily super heavy. They've been through three or four property managers. They weren't able to execute on the business plan like they hoped, and they're just exiting the deal to break even, to get out of the deal. And again, I, I went right to the website, uh, the county website, and the tax records to see what they purchased it for versus what they're looking to sell it for. And it's a hundred thousand dollar difference down to the penny that they're asking. They bought for 3.2. They want three, or excuse me, they bought for 9.2. They're looking to sell for 9.3 million. And all that extra hundred thousand is going to do is get their commission to the broker for selling the deal and any potential closing costs on that deal. So that's another real world example. And we actually like the deal. So we're going to take a closer look at it. Maybe it's a distress, a distressed, situation for the seller like we're hearing and we might be able to do something and get something a little bit less if they're willing to take a potential loss on that deal so i thought that was pretty interesting and to all the operators that underwrote refinances in their deals to get the returns that their investors are looking for i'm 99 percent positive most of them will not be able to refinance like they underwrote i saw some crazy underwriting that people thought they were going to be able you know in 2021 2022 before interest rates popped up they thought they were going to be able to refinance and exit. I, I shouldn't say exit these deals, but refinance these deals in two or three years with permanency, permanent financing at 3 and 4%. You can't get permanent financing anywhere right now for 3 and 4%, more like 5 and 6%. And one percentage point makes a hu huge difference when you're talking millions of dollars uh, of a loan, of a principal balance. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with all the deals we did. We don't, even though we take on some shorter term, but fixed rate, 
And with extensions, our shortest loan we have is four years, then five years, then seven years. Um, all fixed rate, all with extensions. So we have that option we can exercise. We plan to refinance those deals. But the nice thing is, is we didn't underwrite to refinance. That's a goal we have, but that doesn't mean it's going to completely kill the business plan. We can hold on to the debt for the life of the business plan exit and still be able to hit some returns. Being able to refinance is going to be a cherry on top. We'll be able to exceed those projections that we put out there. And that's something I like we do as well is whatever returns we tell our investors, we probably underwrote and we're able to hit a little bit higher, but we pulled back those returns, you know, half or a full point just to be a little bit more conservative and tell those investors, okay, here's what we're projecting a 15% IRR or 1.7 or 1.8 uh, equity multiple or whatever the average cash on cash is. And we pull that back a little bit so that way we have a better chance of hitting it. And then if we do exceed it, we can beat investor expectations. So I think that is huge. And I'll, you know, if these, if these operators have been and sponsors have been underwriting to hit those refinances to get their numbers, you're not going to be able to do that. You always need to underwrite with the debt in place without having a refinance in the back of your head because we've seen how fast the market can change and how it can adjust. Um, you know, another topic I had in here, which we already really touched on, was operators were not able to refinance bridge debt and force to sell. And I, I just told that story about those individuals that had bridge debt. The broker was very upfront and they had to sell. So uh, a very interesting market and a very interesting time we have right now. We're very anxious at Victory Capital Group to do a deal. We actually had a deal we bid on that was 60 units. We got second place on. We weren't moving on our pricing. And we said, okay, that's fine. You know, we didn't get it. We'll move on to the next one. Well, the broker called me a week and a half later and said the uh, the group that was awarded the deal is not moving forward, and uh, we want to award the deal to you guys. And we said no. We actually, you know, within that week and a half time frame, uh, interest rates, <laughs> believe it or not, did adjust. But also, we didn't feel like that was a smart project to take on at the time. So we could have had the opportunity to do a deal. We turned it down. We believe there's going to be many, many, many opportunities coming up in 2023 of operators that have and sellers, and they're going to be true sellers. They don't have a choice to sell. They have to sell just because of where they are with with uh, their loan on the property. So this always makes me ponder and, and wonder if we should just run a portfolio at 50 or 60% loan to value across the board just to be safe. Because I'm seeing so many people get hurt with the type of financing they put on their properties and on their deals. And uh, it's scary. It really is. But I think we've taken some very conservative approaches where we're not speculating uh, largely. We're operating on historics. We're increasing value where we can. But we're not assuming that the, everything's going to be better or the same. We're actually assuming when we go to sell all these assets that the market's going to continually get worse and worse and worse. And uh, we just have to, you know, I don't want to say artificially, but we need to uh, force value into these assets to exceed the market conditions and have the right debt in place. You know, there's a tweet I put out there somewhere. I got to find it. and I'll do an episode on that. But, you know, multiple things you can do to beat the market and always play it safe and potentially always make money in real estate from a cash flow perspective. So I think that'll be a good episode to do. And I think that's something I'll, I'll check out. So. I'm going to end the episode here. Appreciate you guys listening in. We've got some really good guests coming up for you. 
if you're interested in getting involved with any of our investments, you can go to our website and fill out a form at victorycapgroup.com. You can reach out to me directly, Dante at victorycapgroup.com. That's victorycapgroup.com. I'm out on all social medias as well. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you guys know all about that and how much fun we've been having there. So thank you guys for listening in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.